In Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, the verse 24, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures? Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures? I want to speak about another Reformation basic tonight. And I want to use Mark chapter 12 to highlight that. I point out a few verses in this chapter. Verse 10, for example, 10. Have ye not read the Scripture? The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Have ye not read the Scripture? And then in verse verse 24, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures? And then verse 26, Have ye not read in the book of Moses? And then verse 29, The first of all the commandments, is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And then verse 36, David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, And whence is he then his son? Now, these verses that I have read are different. They occur in different circumstances and in different contexts. They have different audiences. In some of them, in one of them, the Lord is speaking to the Jews in the temple. In another one, he's speaking to a scribe. In another one, he's speaking to the Sadducees, and in another one, he's speaking just to the people generally. Different audiences, these texts read in different um, contexts, but they have this in common. They are all about the Scriptures. The Lord Jesus, in every one of them, is referring to the Bible. That is very important. That's the common thing about all of these answers that he gives, whether it's to the Sadducees, whether it's to the scribes, whether it's to the Jews, and all of the answers that he gives to the people. He uses the Scriptures. He uses the Bible. And I want to point out another Reformation basic tonight. Sola Scriptura. The Bible alone, the Holy Scriptures alone. The Reformation brought us back to the centrality of the Word of God. It brought us back to the importance of the Scriptures as the only infallible authority in Christ's church. Rome, the Church of Rome, as we know, was corrupted by tradition. Things were introduced, 
things came in and it tried to sustain the lawfulness of those things by tradition. They could not sustain them by Scripture, by Scripture alone. And therefore, they tried to sustain them and to prove them and maintain them on the authority of tradition, whether the the fathers or whether church councils or whatever. But tradition supplanted Scripture. That's what had been happening. But the Reformation brought us back to the Bible, brought us back to the centrality of holy Scriptures. And so the authority of Scriptures lies at the heart of the Reformation witness. The Reformation was brought about by the Bible. It was a Reformation fighting for the authority of the Bible. It was a Reformation that was blessed by the Bible. Luther said, the same, the sure rule of God's Word. That's what he thought about the Bible. It was the rule the sure rule of God's Word. He said that faith surrenders itself captive to the Word of Christ. The Word of Christ alone. He said that the Pope boasts that the Christian church is above the Word of God. No, he said, this is not true. We must be pupils and not aspire to be masters, for the pupil must not be above his master. And so, this is not the view of the Church of Rome in the 1500s. They held fast to the authority of tradition equal with the authority of the Word of God. And so the Reformed Church held to the dogma sola scriptura, the Word of God alone. Luther said, among Christians, the rule is not to argue or investigate, not to be a smart aleck or a rationalistic know-it-all, but to hear, believe, and persevere in the Word of God, through which alone we obtain whatever knowledge we have of God and divine things. We are not to determine out of ourselves what we must believe about Him, but to hear and learn it from Him in the Holy Scriptures, he means. And so the Reformed Church got us back to the Bible alone. And where did the Reformed Church learn that? It learned it from its Master, Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to look at tonight, Christ and the Bible. How did our Heavenly Lord view Scripture? How did our dear Savior, who we love and believe in and trust and follow, what way did he treat the Scriptures? So Christ and the Scriptures 
we are considering tonight, and we shall see that the subject confirms sola scriptura. First of all, then, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his encounter with men, he was a man of the book. That's why we read so much of this chapter. Because this is just a sample from many passages that we could read. But in this chapter, we have several encounters that he had with men. And in all of them, he used the Bible. He used the Scriptures. And so he says to the Jews, Have you not read this Scripture? He doesn't quote the philosophers. He's not versed in the writings of the rabbis and of his day. The Bible. Have you not read the Scripture? He's a Bible man. The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Psalm 118. He knows it, and he quotes it. And then these smart Alex Sadducees came to him, and they only believe in the first five books of the Bible, the writings of Moses. And they come with this, really this foolish scenario that we not need to read again. But the Lord Jesus just answered them and said, Have ye not read? He's talking about a book. He's talking about scriptures. He says, have ye not read, verse 26, in the book of Moses? He's quoting it as it has authority. He's answering them with the Scriptures. And he is referring to Exodus chapter 3. How that God spake to Moses in the bush. God spake. And he uses the Scripture. He doesn't use philosophy He doesn't bring in ideas and thoughts from nature or from other writings to prove and establish the doctrine of the resurrection. It doesn't matter what other men think or what other men say, but it matters what's written in the law of Moses. Have you not read in the law in the book of Moses? And then this scribe comes to him, And the the scribe, of course, is one who writes the Scriptures and writes the Word of God, and he he handles all the commandments, and he sees that there's hundreds of commandments in the book, and he says, which is the greatest commandment of all? And the Lord Jesus quotes from Scripture. The first commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind a quotation from Deuteronomy 6. And then he says, the second is like it, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. A quotation from Leviticus chapter 19. Always the Bible. Always using the word of God. And then he comes to the Jews in the temple and he says, how, how do the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? He, he's giving them a, a kind of a, a paradox to, for them to sort out in their minds. And he's using it from Scripture. And he says, David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand 
till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, without going into the details and the context in which he uses all of these things, suffice to say is he just uses the Bible. He's a Bible man. Psalm 110, the quotation is from. The Lord Jesus knew his Bible. He used the Scriptures. He quoted the Word of God. And he wasn't ashamed to do it either. He wasn't embarrassed. Even though the Sadducees don't believe parts of the Bible, he quoted it. He stood upon it. It was his answer. He didn't come out with other answers. He just used the Scriptures. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And the Reformation brought us back to that. The Bible alone in which to answer men, in which to encounter error. And so he has this answer every time. And always he uses the sword of the Word of God. You see, it had authority. It had power. It was the answer, the only answer. So he, he has no appearances of being versed in the Greek writers. He has no appearance of being acquainted with the philosophers. There were plenty of other writings about. Greek was well through this part of the world, and the Greek writings, and all the philosophers from, from, from among the Greek fathers. And there were the rabbinical school as well, and all their traditions and writings also. There were very many writings, but there was only one Bible. It's all that Jesus used. He never refers to tradition, only the Bible. And so you see, that's the first thing in his counter with men. He was a man of the book. And every Christian ought to be like their Lord. And this is how the Lord dealt with the questions of men. This is how the Lord opposed error. And that's how the church should as well. What does it matter, another man's opinion? What does it matter really at the end of the day what the Father said or there are the doctors of the Scriptures or others. It's to the law and to the testimony. That's what the Reformation brought us back to. Luther said, when anything contrary to Scripture is decreed in a council, we ought to believe Scripture rather than the council. Scripture is our court of appeal and bulwark. With it we can resist even an angel from heaven, as Paul commands in Galatians, let alone a pope and a council. The Scripture alone. The Scripture is our court of appeal, he says. Even if an angel come from heaven, we can use it against it if it speaks contrary to the book. Scripture alone the Bible alone, and the Lord Jesus Christ is demonstrating this. And that's where Luther got it. And that's where the Reformed Church has obtained it, in their following their master and their king, Jesus Christ. But secondly, also, we see in particular the Lord's teaching on the nature of Scripture. 
Why is the Lord a man of one book? Why did he stand on Scripture as an example to us? Why on this book? Why on the holy writings of Moses and the prophets? Very simply, men and women, because he knew it had divine authority. He knew the Bible was the word of his Father. He knew it was inspired and infallible and divine. You feel that and you see that in all that the, all the answers that he gave to these men. He had no doubts about the things of Scripture. He had no questions about anything recorded in Scripture. He had no problem referring to Jonah and the whale. Even in this passage that we read, he had no problem with God appearing in the burn, burning bush. He had no problems with the miracles of Scripture. So the Lord, in, in these incidents of dealing with these men, is clear about the authority of Scripture. Now, he's not teaching the inspiration of Scripture. You, can, you understand that. He's dealing with other matters, with doctrines and with practice. And he's not dealing with the inspiration of Scripture. Nobody came along with a problem about inspiration or otherwise he would have dealt with this. But they're coming along with doctrinal and practical problems and practical matters. And, but he's always using the Scripture. And in his using the Scripture, you can see he has confidence in its authority. And he receives its infallibility. And of course, our Lord knows all things. He himself gives the Scriptures, really. It's called the Word of Christ, the Holy Scriptures. But you can see the high place he gives the Bible. Whenever he says, have you not read the Scripture? Whenever he says, you do err in your ignorance of the Word of God. And then look at how he puts it in verse 26. God spake unto him. He had no problems with the authority of what Moses wrote. It was God's Word. And Moses recorded it with infallibility. And it was God speaking. And it wasn't a figment of Moses' imagination. And then what, you'll see there what he says uh, with uh, David. He says, David himself said, by the Holy Ghost. He didn't just say, David said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Do you see what he says? He said, David said it by the Holy Spirit. So David was the pen man. He recognizes that David penned Psalm 110, but he knows that David is not the author. There is inspiration. There is a Holy Ghost that comes upon the prophets, that moves the prophets, so that when they pen their poetry, it is the poetry of the Holy Spirit it's not just David, and it's not just Moses. It's not just mere men. It's the Holy Ghost. And so while he's not dealing with inspiration, he does in passing give that little swipe. David said, by the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible has authority. The Bible is the Holy Ghost speaking. And when we don't receive the Bible, we are grieving the Holy Ghost. And when we doubt any of the contents of the Bible, we're grieving the Spirit who is truth, the Spirit of truth, who gave the truth and gave the Word. We are offending and sinning against the Holy Ghost. When we do despite, to any part of God's holy word. Now, Rome did not deny the authority of Scripture. We have to recognize that. The Church of Rome does receive the Bible. Unfortunately, it does not receive the Bible alone. That's what the Reformed Church has brought us to back to the Bible alone, back to being Bible men like Jesus, like our Lord. And so they, recognizing the authority of Scripture, but things were brought in, and they realized that they couldn't find these things in Scripture, and so they had to use tradition to bolster these things up the fathers and councils and decisions of churches in the historic past, and they give to tradition an equal authority with Scripture. And they cemented that doctrine in the Council of Trent. After the Reformation in the, between 1546 and 1563, whenever it ended, thereabouts, 63 or 67, the doctrine of the authority of tradition equal with the authority of Scripture was established. And that's now the dogma of Rome. And it can't be changed because they can't change any of their dogmas. Church of Rome cannot change its official statements. They're infallible, part of the tradition itself. Council of Trent now is part of the tradition and authority. What it has spoken and what it has decided is the voice of God. Well, we reject the Council of Trent. And as a Reformed Church, we reject the authority of Rome. We only receive the authority of the Bible. We stand where Jesus, our Savior, stood. You see, the Church of Rome has two masters the Bible, and tradition. And it's what, like our Lord Jesus Christ said, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And that's what we've seen. A new master comes in, tradition, he's loved, he's held to, and it is the Scripture It's the Bible that's despised. It's the Bible that's twisted and perverted as they seek to uphold this new master. And the Reformed Church threw out that new master. The Reformed Church would not go with that master. The Reformed Church would only have one master Jesus Christ and his word. 
And that's why we had to sever completely our links with the Church of Rome. And that is why we can never rejoin her. We have one master. That's what Luther said. That's what the Reformation said. Scripture alone. God speaking infallibly and authoritatively to our consciences by the Bible only. Now, Luther did not like to contradict the fathers. Luther studied the fathers' writings, the church fathers, and he loved many of the things that they said. But where they differed from the Word of God, he could not receive them. He did not want to contradict even the established church. But he knew as, the Lord, as his Lord did, Scripture is the only proper touchstone. That's Luther's own expression. The Bible is the proper touchstone. He said, Scripture is the rule or touchstone, our Lydian stone by which I can tell black from white and evil from good. And so the Bible was the standard, the rule, the touchstone, the measuring rod that you brought everything to, and if it didn't measure up to that, it was to be rejected. The Bible was the touchstone for Luther. It was a touchstone for all the Reformed churches in Europe. It is a touchstone today for our denomination. Of the fathers, he said, Luther, I will take their books and go with them to Christ and his word as the touchstone and compare the two. Pope, council, and doctors we will not believe you, but we will believe in the divine word. You see, to Martin Luther, the scripture is the womb. And the church comes out of the womb. But with the church of Rome, it is the womb. And the scripture and tradition comes out of it. That is wrong. The church is the creation of the Word. The church is not above the Word. The church is built on the Word, and the Word is the foundation. What did Paul say? We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That doesn't mean we're built on their bones and on their persons. No, he means we're built on their writings on their utterances, on the things that they have brought to the Scriptures. We're built on the Word of God. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. And so you see this in our Lord. He brings everything. What saith the Scripture? Have you never read the book of Moses? Have you never read the Scriptures? Search the Scriptures. Do you see what he said to the Sadducees? He said to the Sadducees, ye, ye do err because you don't know the Scriptures. The source of error is ignorance of the Bible. The source of error is not ignorance of the fathers. 
The source of error is not ignorance of the writing of reformed men. The source of error is not ignorance of this book and that book and other books. The source of error is ignorance of the Bible. Ignorance of the Word of God. That's what Jesus said. To believe contrary to Scripture is to err. To depart from Scripture is to err. The the Sadducees rejected the Scripture doctrine of the resurrection. But Jesus said it's in the book. So the Lord Jesus used the Bible and its authority in dealing with doctrine. The doctrine of the resurrection and the doctrine of the person of Christ. How is he the son of David when he is David's Lord? He's dealing with these doctrines of the person of Christ and of the resurrection. How is he dealing with them? He's dealing with them from the Bible. He's showing them from the Bible that the Messiah has two natures. That he has a divine nature and he's David's Lord and he has a human nature and he's David's seed. And he gets it all from the Scriptures. Have you never read the Scriptures? But he doesn't only deal with doctrine from the Scriptures, he deals with ethics. How people should live. What is the first commandment? What's God's will? And where does he go? He goes to the Bible. He says, this is God's will. This is the first commandment. You're to love God. It's in the book. Deuteronomy 6. You're to love your neighbor as yourself. This is what you're to do. This is how you're to live. It's in the book. Leviticus 19. The doctrine and teaching from the authority of Holy Scripture. Sola Scriptura. And so... Christ and the Scriptures. In his encounter with men, he was a man of the book. And we see in particular the Lord's teaching on the nature of Scripture, the Holy Ghost saith. What does all of this mean? Well, it means several things very quickly as we close. First of all, men and women, we are under obligation to have an unshakable confidence in the Bible, this book. Our Lord held it up. Our Lord used it. Our Lord stood on it. Our Lord answered all his objectors from it. And we have the obligation in following our heavenly master to have an unshakable confidence in the Bible. Don't doubt the Scriptures, men and women. Don't question the Word of God. Bow before it. Submit to its authority. Believe it. Have an unshakable confidence in the Bible. And not only are we under obligation to have confidence in it, we are also under obligation to know it. Have you not read our Savior says to us. Have you not read in the book of Moses? You do err because you don't know your Bible. You haven't been reading your Bible. You haven't been searching the Scriptures. You're prone to err because you're neglecting the Bible. And we're under obligation as the followers of our dear Savior to love the Bible and to read the Bible and to search the Scriptures and not to be ignorant of it. 
And so read it, child of God, as a follower of your Lord, read your Bible. As a follower of your Lord, study your Scriptures. As a follower of your heavenly Master, come out and hear the preaching of the Word. Love it and drink from it. Luther said, Nothing helps more powerfully against the devil, the world, the flesh, and all evil thoughts than occupying oneself with God's Word, having conversations about it, and contemplating it. And he's quite right. We're also under obligation, men and women, to receive its teaching and to obey its guidance. And also we are to, in all our account, encounters with men and all the problems of life and all the objections that they throw to us, we are to use the Bible unashamedly. The Scripture said, doesn't matter what they think of the Bible. Doesn't matter that they reject it as God's Word. We are to unashamedly use the Scriptures and say it is written, and thus saith the Lord. And like David, men and women, we are to know the Christ of the Bible. The Lord said unto my Lord, David says, sit thou at my right hand. David knew the Lord Jesus. And I would say to you, men and women, Yes, do your Bible, read your Bible, study your Bible, have confidence in the Bible. But the Bible is given to us to know him who is the sum and substance of it, Jesus Christ. So know the Christ of the Bible. Have a relationship with Jesus. Have fellowship with the Savior. And so men and women, we must stand firm with our Bibles. We must be Bible men and women. Luther said, For once the pure and certain word is taken away, there remains no consolation, no salvation, no hope. Oh, keep hold of your Bible. Everything hangs on the word. And he who does away with the word Luther said, and does not accept it as spoken by God, does away with everything. For Luther, it was the foundation. If that goes, the whole fabric of Christianity comes tumbling down to the law and to the testimony. There is nothing else. Sola Scriptura. Stand on your Bible, dear saints. Let us pray.